Supercar Radio, where great cars never die. And hello there, everybody. It is Supercar Radio, Episode 8, and uh, we're finally back. Um, The London uh, car show is starting up, London Auto Show, and uh, we're actually not going to do a full rundown of that because at the time of this recording, uh, it is not finished yet. So I'm actually going to touch on one story from there just because I couldn't wait, (laughs) but... um, most of the London Auto Show coverage is going to be next episode, so you will want to be sure not to miss that. Okay, so first off, uh, from Car and Driver, this this is pretty funny. Um, they, are they being Car and Driver, wow, I'm rusty at this, okay. Um, Car and Driver um, test drove the 06 Ferrari 599 GTB Fiorano. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Italian names I'm not too great with. Um, Anyway, so the $250,000 car, quarter million dollar car, and um, they crash (laughs) pretty much. Um, The uh, they were coming around a corner, and they and they have a picture of it in the magazine. In fact, I'll try to, I'll try to uh, post that if I can. Um, and of course, it's all fair use, hopefully. And uh, so they were just coming around this corner too fast, and it was in Italy, and they uh, scr- and they, you know, had a fender bender with a <laughs> quarter of a million dollar Ferrari. And, uh, so, needless to say, the Ferrari engineers and car and driver aren't really on the best of terms right now. So, um, it certainly did get me to look at the magazine, however. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, a pretty good shock tactic. I mean, you, you can get the magazine out of the mail, we crash a $250,000 Ferrari. Yeah, I, I think I'll read your magazine. <laughs> you know. So, this kind of reminds me of the... That site um, that uh, was makes me very sad. Rectexotics.com, <laughs> and uh, uh, that's that's pretty hard to take. So, if you're a, if you're a hardcore supercar fan, which I would hope you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't want to go to that website. Uh, it's it's tough. <laughs> anyway, so um, next story here. This one's from Road and Track. And, uh, Porsche 911 GT3, um, it's going to be the 2007 model, and, uh, it says here, the purest of 911s mystically manages to combine speed with composure, racetrack reflexes with public road poise, it's got more power, grip, and presence than its 996 predecessor, while at the same time delivering a more, dare we say, civil GT3 driving experience. So really, the the whole idea behind these um, 
Porsche GT, you know, GT2, GT3, is that they are trying to take as close as possible to the race cars, the um, the GT racers, and take them onto the road. And uh, obviously they aren't as stripped down and, you know, so, some things just aren't street legal. But they're trying to make as, um, as faithful of a reproduction of these as possible so that you are, in effect, driving the race car that, you know, you watch on the Le Mans or something. And it's pretty cool, you know. They've... Um, so apparently they're really starting to get this right with the GT3. Uh, there had been some complaints earlier on that it wasn't really, um, you know, a driver's car. It was like a track toy. And now it sounds like that there's going to be a better balance. And this is, I think, a critical thing when you're developing a high-performance slash exotic car is... There are going to be people who are going to take this car and they're going to push it. They're going to test it and really, you know, does this thing really go that fast? That kind of thing. They're going to put it on tracks and they're going to, you know, have a great time with it. Then there are people who are going to buy it as a status symbol and drive it 60 miles an hour on the freeway, you know. So there has to, both customers are paying the exact same amount of money for the car, so you have to, as a car designer, I believe, say we need, I think every supercar needs a good balance for just plain marketability. Because when you make it just a track toy, you've killed 75% of your um, of your buying audience if you, or your customers. If you get rid of the track toy, you know, then, you know, you take out everyone because now, you know... For the people who don't race it, it's still like, oh, yeah, I don't go 100 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour, but guess what? If I wanted to, I could. <laughs> so that's 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 the whole thing behind supercars and, the, you know, some of these, these car makers that, I mean, I, I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but I know there are ones that make these cars and say these are track toys. Yeah, race cars are track toys. You know, <laughs> if you're rich enough, you can buy a race car. That's not the point of a supercar. The point of a supercar is it's a status symbol. It's something you can have fun with. And, you know, it's something you can show off. You know, so... Anyway, little tangent there, but... Um, uh, normally aspirated, still going on the really great flat uh, flat six engine, and it says uh, to expect a zero to sixty time in the low fours, or even possibly the high thirty or high three second range. Thirty seconds, that'd be bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, next thing is actually about a car website, and um, this is this is interesting. Um, I, I like to frequent the, uh, autospies.com for, you know, looking around for stories, you know, they have some, sometimes really good spy shots, things like that, but I thought this was very interesting. I am a, a big dig user also, and if you guys haven't checked this out, it's really cool, digg.com, and it's all kinds of news stories that are submitted by you, they're links, there's, um, two different websites, you know, interesting things that should come up with while surfing the web. 
And you submit these and then vote on them, and the top ones go on the homepage in specific order. And that's that's how the news is made. That's how it's promoted. There's no editorial control. Interestingly, um, if you go to autospies.com and you go to auto news or you go to breaking news, this this is like a dig clone. I I'm not even kidding you. The colors are different. There's obviously lots less votes because it's not dig. It's not in the top 300 in Alexa, on Alexa. So it's it's just really, you know, it's very blatant. I mean, if you've been to Dig and you've been to this site, you know that they have ripped off Dig. So, you know, it's, um, I'm obviously not going to stop going to the website because they ripped off one of my favorite websites. You know what happens. But it's just interesting to me that a car site, which I think stands on its own, I really think Auto Spies is a very good site, and yet they adopt these kind of semantics of taking this great idea that came from another website. So it's, I don't know. Obviously, the idea of voting on something isn't copyrighted, but just even the overall look and feel is very much the way uh, Dig looks. So, you know, just uh, (laughs) if anyone's been to Dig, you can go to the website and compare, but... um, You know, it was just something that struck me and something I just thought would be interesting to share with you guys. Well, I hate to blow my own horn too much, but uh, this next story is uh, from Piston Heads. Actually, it links to another original story called Mommy Miura, and that has a link on there at the end of the story. But it says, Miura edges toward production, hints that the concept will will be built. Now... I had uh, a couple months ago on the show talking about the Miura concept that was at Geneva and that, you know, the Lamborghini was thinking about bringing back the Miura and a lot of people were saying, yeah, you know, it might not be made, it might be made, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. And, but the general consensus seemed to be that it might be somewhat of a pipe dream, that it might not happen. And, uh, you know... I disagreed, and I still disagree. I think that, you know, if you look back at the history of Lamborghini, there has not been a car that they have put out that has more revolutionized the market than the Miura. And I think the refinements they've made to the design are very subtle and very make it really cool looking. And I, I know if I had the money, I would definitely buy one of these things. So, you know, so as, you know, I thought the thing would be built. And this is uh, apparently, it sounds like what's going to be happening. This is also, of course, from the rumor mill, but we like rumors, don't we? Um, so it says, um, is Lamborghini committed to building the mirror concept? Officially, it hasn't said so, although heavy hints have suggested it. And now, according to one story by a reliable source, that's one of the links on the page, comes more information suggesting the company will turn the Miura concept car into a limited edition range topper as its answer to the Ferrari Enzo. Now, this is... This is awesome. Okay, so not only are they going to make this thing... uh, They might make this thing a reality. They're going to have it compete against the Enzo. And this might actually have the power to do it. 12 liter 
V12 engine, the classic 6.2, it's going to be bored out to 6.5 liters. Power is going to go up to 700 horsepower and 553 pounds of torque through four-wheel drive. This thing could be a contender. And um, it says here that it might appear in early 07. Price is likely to be uh, 200,000 francs plus. So, gosh... 300, no, 260,000, maybe a little more than that. Only 300 to 400 units might be made. So it really sounds like, and you can check out this other link, I just um, left it out for sake of time. Uh, it really sounds like this thing has a great chance of being built, and I, for one, cannot wait. This is going to be cool if it comes out. So uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one for you. All right, next up... And uh, the last story of the day, Barabbas TKR takes over as the world's fastest car. And this is on a site that I hadn't heard before called heard of before called Left Lane News. And um, they, uh, you know, I was a little skeptical of this story at first. And so I went over to Barabbas's website, and sure enough, they talk about this car being shown right now at the London Auto Show. And, you know, obviously they make the car, so any claims that they make you have to take with a grain of salt. But if this is anywhere near true, this is amazing. Okay, the Bugatti Veyron right now is the world's fastest normal car. You know, like, production car. 252 miles per hour, 0 to 16, 2.9 seconds. Now, listen to what Barabbas is claiming about the TKR. 1,005 horsepower. Capable of doing 0 to 60 in 1.67 seconds. That's just a little bit more than half of the time it takes the Veyron. Now, I was reading this, and I'm, I'm like, wait a second. Can you even imagine this? Zero to 60 in just a little more than a second and a half? The, it, at first, you know, you think about it, it doesn't even seem possible, but they claim that it's, it's true. And it says power comes from a 6-liter V8 twin-turbocharged with dual intercoolers. Dual intercoolers. I read that again. I I'd never heard of dual intercoolers before. Full carbon fiber body and chassis. Well, I better not crash that thing. Um, it's going to be around five hundred thousand dollars, half a million. Um, it's this this is insane. If this is true, and the other thing, the car reportedly has a top speed of two hundred and seventy miles per hour, nearly twenty more than the Veyron. The, this this could be one of the hugest jumps in performance from one car to the next that we've seen in a very very long time. Um, and uh, you know, this is probably the most surprising thing to me about this, you know, other than just the sheer numbers, is that. It's a V6. I mean, or it's a V8. It's really not that large of an engine. And but the things that's bolted onto it is the is the kicker. Um, twin turbos. We've all heard of that. But 
twin intercoolers. I'm interested to know if any of you guys have heard of twin intercoolers before. Uh, and if you have, I'd like to know what car it's on. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely shoot me an email um, if you uh, if you hear about a car like that. Okay, so uh, that's it. Um, oh, my laptop screen just went off. I guess it is it. <laughs> uh, those are all the stories we had today. Uh, next time's gonna be a little bit longer because we're gonna have uh, some London Auto Show stuff and uh, just supercar fun. So, uh, contact info. First, you can check out the blog at uh, supercar-radio at blogspot.com. And also we have uh, the new blogger <laughs> on my team, and which we talked about last episode, but he's put his first post up there about the uh, Bugatti Veyron. So, that that's a very informative post. I read, about, I read all about that. So, um... Definitely check that out. You can also leave comments there. Um, you can Skype me at Game Chat Live, the other uh, podcast that I run. And you can uh, email me at supercar.radio at gmail.com. All right, so uh, thanks a lot, everybody, and uh, I hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.